our podcast is brought to you by Elastic Furniture. Stylish furniture that can be used in any apartment or any house of any size. Nothing needs to go into storage. Nothing needs to be repurposed in another room of the house. Elastic Furniture. You're just going to make it fit. <laughs> <laughs> This is Grilled Cheese and Gin, the podcast about womaning and realizing your changeable dream. I'm Jessica. I miss my ensuite double sinks heard. And I'm Vicki. My apartment is on a river two seconds away from my job, Scott. In this episode, we talk about housing. Sometimes buying a home seems like a complicated proposition. There are different costs, and there are lots of choices and thoughts that you have to make about the future. You might have an apartment, or maybe you're sharing in someone else's house, like your mom's or your sister's place, or you already own and want to move. There are lots of things to mull over and consider. We will talk to Los Angeles realtor Teresa Ryan about getting into real estate as a buyer and what the business is like now and about being a realtor and an actor and a mom. But first, let's catch up. So uh, we we went to Chicago and um, we took an architectural tour on the river and um, it was really neat. To, that I, those are so cool there you just learn all kinds of interesting stuff and you have like a new appreciation for what basically looks from the outside like a box um (laughs) (laughs) you know a big glass box or a big brick box with windows uh so i did i had a new appreciation including the fact that the place where we were staying was actually a triangle which i had not had not realized pulling up to it but when they pointed it out, I was like, oh, holy crap, it's a triangle. The whole building is just this big, or not a triangle. What do you call it when it's, well, yeah, it's a triangle, but. Triangular cylinder, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah what's a long, like, it's a big Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only update I really have is that Aubrey and I have been watching a lot of financial diet and just like financial planning things in general, because we're like, okay, we're um, both over 30 now, and we have to start thinking about retirement at some point, dear God. (laughs) And we need to stop just, you know, living our life, and we need to like, actually be adults and, and all that stuff. And so it came up, Aubrey just like turns to me the other day and is like, you know, if they are still interested in selling that apartment to us, we should probably buy it. Like, I see no reason not to buy it. Uh, and this is different from us. Uh, it, our entire our entire life together is that um, we don't want to own anything. We, we want to travel. We want to do all these things. And I can't disagree with her that it wouldn't be a good purchase. But at the same time, I still have this like nagging voice in the back of my brain of like, oh, you're paying into the capitalist system if you buy a house and it's all a fake, it's a, it's all a lie and blah, 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 blah. So maybe, yeah. How do you feel about that? Did you, did you enjoy home ownership? Was it worth it for you? When we bought, I was like, I just would like some more space. (laughs) (laughs) in our house and I would like it to be nice I feel like we should buy something just so that we have something to show for it and yes five years 
because we were also first home buyer, home buyers and we were in the same situation where we would have had to pay something back, um, seemed like really way longer than we wanted to be in Vegas. But um, it was also just like, well, we are paying less for this mortgage than we were in rent across two streets over. So yeah. I, it, it was kind of like, this is, we have to just, we just, we, it would be silly not to. And um, especially the other thing was coming from the Bay area where everything was so ridiculously expensive. It was kind of like, if we didn't go to Vegas and buy something, then what were we doing? But, um, <laughs> th- but just because everybody in, in, in the Bay area was, you know, struggling so much or not struggling and buying these, or I, I assume they struggle like, gosh, those prices are crazy. Um, so yeah, I just felt I just felt like it was the important thing to do. But yeah, I tried to definitely not think about what was the resale value. Like we had to buy appliances because it was a foreclosure and she had sold all the appliances before she moved out. So we had to buy all new appliances. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to buy stainless steel because mm-hmm. that is really a bitch to clean. And mm-hmm. I just want to buy this for us. And it's really more expensive to buy stainless steel. So I just mm-hmm. was like, we'll just buy black. And if we have to sell this house, then hopefully these people like black. Like, <laughs> I, right. I mean, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just thinking about like, what do I want and what's in my budget and uh, what's easier for me to clean? And it was the same thing with the washer dryer. I was like, what do I want? Well, okay, that's that's what I want. And that's what I'm, you know, okay, comfortable with paying off. And I guess the other thing is like, when I think about, like you're saying, retirement and getting old. I also was like, well, not that I want to be in Vegas for the rest of my life, but if I am, like, we'll have a house and we'll have paid it off. And it won't be a, it won't be something that we have to think about when we're older. Like it won't, Mm -hmm. it will be one less budget item that we will have to be thinking about because it's also difficult saving the amount of money that they want you that retirement people recommend that you save every month. They're like, this is what we think with inflation, you will actually have for your budget every single month. Mm-hmm. And when you turn 65 or whatever, and then you look at that and you go, oh shit, well, that's doesn't, it doesn't even really cover what I spend now. So mm-hmm. I'll have to be an older person and be thrifty. And uh, so what can I, I thought, you know, well, what can I get out of that having that budget? Well, I'll get, I'll take the rent portion out of it or the housing portion out of it. And then that'll make that amount of money livable on a mm-hmm. monthly basis from our, you know, whatever it is, your 401ks or your um, IRAs and stuff. Uh, it's just such a hard decision. <laughs> it's just, Yeah. episode of Grilled Cheese and Gin is brought to you by Private Mortgage Insurance. Private Mortgage Insurance. We don't know why we need it, but we know it's a bad thing to have. Or is it? Because it actually allows you to have a mortgage without actually... It kind of comes out as a wash, doesn't it? Everything about home buying is kind of a wash, isn't it? Teresa, correct me. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we have a a game that we play that we learned from our friends who used to live in L.A. Uh, called Would You Live There? And okay. I mean, pretty much the answer is always yes, wherever you're pointing, because it's a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it a roof and a couple of walls? I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we would live there. Sure. Um, and in L.A., everything is so expensive that when you point at anything that's like, would you live there? You're like, yeah, sure. If I could. Aff-. It's all just, you know, million dollar homes that you're like, yes, of course, I would live there if I could afford it. Yes. Um, and then we do that when pretty much every like pretty much everybody in America that has a Zillow app on their phone, wherever you are, you open it up. And you're <laughs> like, Well, how much are houses here or how much are condos? Here? <laughs> um, but the other game that we play is uh, the naked front yard um, thing where a lot of houses or na- naked backyard, for that matter, um, where a lot some houses have such the foliage and the fencing is just right and the neighbors houses are also at the right height that you can be naked in your backyard and nobody needs to see that you can just enjoy it and like sit in the sun and like walk around and that is like my ideal (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah my cousin who lives in I don't want to get it wrong because she would smack me if I got it wrong it's not Santa Barbara it's not Oh, God. Somewhere bougie in California. But she has that backyard where she has a hot tub out there and no one can see in and it's got the high fence. And yeah, yeah, we totally every time every time we go over there, we're like naked time, we just rip <laughs> off our clothes and go sit in the hot tub. It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> so great. So great. <laughs> what the heck town is that? San Luis Obispo? Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Nice. Oh, yeah. Aubrey's yelling from the from the back room. (laughs) Santa Cruz. (laughs) And we should go there. I want to go in the hot tub. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (sighs) That's one thing. But I can't like, okay, another part about owning this place is like there are some changes that I would make. Like I would put a washer and dryer in our apartment. It is not a big deal to walk out in the hall to a shared washer and dryer. But sometimes, again, you just want to be naked and you don't want to put on clothes in order to do laundry. Yes. And then the other thing that I would want is to figure out a way to put some sort of hot tub situation out on the patio. And I think it would have to be like a huge structural change. So I don't think it's actually possible. But yeah, like, wouldn't it be great to sit on the patio and look at the river in the hot tub all year round? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Oh, dreams. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having and, me. Um, doing this interview. Um, tell so Teresa Ryan. Yes. Real estate agent. 
Really? To L.A. To Los Angeles. Tell to us. the stars. Well, <laughs> real estate. Yes, realtor to the stars. Star realtor. Star realtor. <laughs> it's all perception, right? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, just kind of say it and just put it out there. Yeah. Former actor. Well, not former. You just still, still doing it. Still kicking it around. But, yeah, yeah just paying the bills by um, pushing real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to just start off telling us about yourself? Um... Yeah, I came to L.A. 10 years ago. I worked your various, you know, jobs to put food on the table and pay your rent. Like, uh, you know, we did, we did a lot of tables. Also did a lot of karaoke. I'm a karaoke host still one night a week. But uh, I did that for almost eight years, basically, like, uh, paying most of the bills uh, instead of <laughs> waiting tables because waiting tables is horrible. Um, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, and then just kind of made the transition to real estate about three years ago, uh, working in leases and stuff and helping people rent out apartments or find apartments. Uh, and then just kind of made that natural transition to residential real estate and um, never really looked back. So I'm still doing some acting. I work on a, I have a web series with a friend of mine, RDO Daily, uh, called Successful People that we are releasing our season two, September 16th. Very exciting. You are invited to the screening. Oh, it's you sweet. Are invited. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh my gosh. Um, and what else? That's, that's it. That's me, I that's think. That's fantastic. Yeah. So... Uh, so that's what got you. Oh no! What? But what got you into real estate? You said you just started doing some leasing, and then you were like, oh, "Maybe why not? I don't even know really what leasing is." What is? Oh, that? leasing. Like, it was just like uh, working for property apartments? management. Exactly. Oh, so it's okay. only rentals, right? Okay. And I worked for a property management company that would help either lease the properties that they managed, or we would also take on clients who didn't want property management but wanted that extra help leasing out apartments and or houses because uh, it's a lot of work. And some people are like, "Yeah." I'm released out myself and then they like <laughs> they start doing it and they're like oh my gosh this is horrible so we would put together you know we would basically put together all the marketing do the showings um drop the leases and make sure everything was like tip top for those clients oh. yeah and then we get a commission based on that so that I how did I get into that well I'd already been thinking about doing real estate um my uh, I have family who does real estate in Las Vegas Las Vegas and um I had actually thought for a long time, oh, I love, I love houses. I love looking at houses. I love property. All that fun stuff. That it's like, it's like when, right after you get married, when you're like, I think I'll be a wedding planner. <laughs> you know, so we'd actually, I'd already been thinking about real estate. Then we bought a house, and I was like, I think I'll be a realtor. <laughs> so these are the things that happen when you're like, I can do that because I like pretty things. And then you realize there's actually a lot more work that goes into it. It's not just Ooh. pretty things. It can be. So yeah. So I think I watched like what two years of HGT. TV. You got a solid ed- education on what's cool and what, you know. I'm some- saying you can paint, change the paint color if you like. Yes, the kitchen needs some updating. Yeah, all those like buzzwords. Like, Let's go out. Open the- concept. <laughs> you know, all the buzzwords. Learned it all from, yep, from HGTV. Good old HGTV. And then I also went to like real estate school. It's like oh, you have to go to school? Well, Why you know, you can go to the classroom setting, which I appreciate. So I did like half of it in the classroom setting. And then I kind of got like taken away by a job and it was like, I just need to get this license. So went back to like the online courses and finished it up, studied, studied, studied and crammed uh, and took that test like a week, took it and passed first time for me. Um, I'm good at cramming. Don't <laughs> retain anybody. Just kidding. I, I love real estate. I'm good at it. Um, uh, but ended up at, like cramming 
taking the test, passing the test, like, a week before my baby was born. Because <gasps> I was just, like, so pregnant. I was like, once this baby comes, there's just no way. It's just so much information to retain. And, like, actually preparing for the test does take a lot of hours. So... Wow. So yeah, just made it happen, got the license, started working with Keller Williams at first, and then um, actually a friend, uh, Taya, who we do videos online regarding real estate, um, we, uh, Taya DiCarlo, fantastic realtor, we ended up, she ended up uh, having me come over to Coldwell, and so I'm a Coldwell banker. Nice. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. The state of the market right now, what's that kind of looking like? Well, it's a seller's market. <laughs> and do you think that that is really like this this year or is it just this time of year? Because this is the time of year, mm-hmm. right? Like summertime is when everybody's moving because they're right. trying to do it right before the school, school. year. Yep. Or at least that's what families are doing. I don't know. Single people or uh, non-child right. <laughs> people, people with no children All right. have right. different reasons for moving. Right. Well, every market is a little different. Across the board, I I would say across the U.S., it is a seller's market. The inventory is low. The rates are low. Buyers are kind of fighting for, you know, properties that there aren't too many of. Um, Specifically in Los Angeles, it is is that, you know, squared. So (laughs) maybe maybe more than that. But it's, um, you know, people in Los Angeles have these properties that, you know, the values have gone up so tremendously because there aren't enough properties um, for all the Mm. buyers out there Mm. that are currently searching. So people are overbidding by like, in some areas, like $100,000, which when it closes, oh oh yeah, Inglewood, $100,000 over uh, um, bids happening in the good parts of Inglewood, where people are basically speculating that once the stadium gets built, their property is going to be worth it anyways. And there, and so many buyers are having to like sign away and like waive their appraisal contingency, which doesn't work for a lot of buyers because they're depending on that loan from the bank. So they don't have this extra like hundred thousand dollars to just like pour into a, a place that might not appraise. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically the people, there aren't enough people who own homes giving up their homes because even though they're like, oh my gosh, look how much I could get for my home, where are they going to go unless they're moving out of state? You know, they love LA, you know, it's a hot market. Or they're thinking, well, if it's worth this now, what's it going to be worth in a year? And who knows, right? We don't know Mm -hmm. if there's going to be like a little bit of a market correction. Pretty sure it's not going to be any sort of bubble burst like in the past, like in 2008. But um, you know, as their interest rates rise, which they've been, you know, they've signaled, the Fed has signaled that they are going to rise um, shortly, a couple more times. As they rise, the prices should level out. Again, this is Los Angeles. <laughs> where, like, every neighborhood is being gentrified right now and people are just trying to like get in and buy in. So it may, and the rents are crazy. That's the other thing. In Los Angeles, the rents are crazy. So people are like, I don't want to throw away money on rent anymore. So with that, it definitely in Los Angeles seller's market, I don't know when that's going to change. And that's seasonal, yeah, a little bit. Like, things could quiet down and be easier for a buyer in the fall or in the winter. But, like, we're not seeing a ton of change right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Especially in those hot neighborhoods. Yeah. 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 Mm. I know. 
Why do this is a big question that my co-host Vicky wanted me to ask. Like, hi, Vicky. <laughs> hi, Vicky. <laughs> um, why do people buy? Like reasons other than investment. Investment is on a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, in, coming from Vegas, Vicky and I both uh, lived in Vegas as you did. Oh, but she did. Yeah, yeah. Um, for about she lived there for about six years. We've there moved. We lived there for eleven. She is in Minnesota. Cool. Um, I'm here, obviously. Uh, and so coming from Vegas, like right after, uh, like you mentioned, the 2008, like prices just kept going down and down and down and down. And so there came to a certain point where everybody was like, oh, my gosh, I should buy a house because yeah, they're the like bottom. candy. It's like buying gum right now. <laughs> Let's buy a couple. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me. I wanted to buy a couple in Vegas and I couldn't convince my husband. Yeah. Like, they're going to keep going lower. I'm like, no, you don't understand. They haven't been this low since they were built in the 90s. This is at the, con- the, the right off the lot price here. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So. So as far as why do people buy? Yeah. Why should people buy in like when it's not the bottom, when it's not, yeah. right? Well, I don't think we're at some weird overly inflated like market. I think this is the inflation as to where it should have been had things not gotten so crazy with the market crash and all that and the bad loans and blah blah blah. But um I think well, it's emotional. I think people do have I don't know. There's something about owning something that that makes you feel (laughs) hashtag adulting. Uh, It makes you feel secure. They say it like actually like helps your children like in school. Like if you're like that, like just a mental thing, owning versus renting can kind of it's just there's some sort of mental thing that makes people feel more secure. Kids feel more secure, more secure part of community. I don't know. But I would say no matter what in certain markets, it's going to make sense in the long run because the rents in Los Angeles are going to continue to go up. They just are. It's so expensive. It's a desirable city to live in. So do you, I mean, at the, do you want to be throwing away basically a mortgage worth of rent a month for a couple years? And then, oh, well, the market never went down. So we just never bought in. And then all of a sudden it's like Manhattan (laughs) where people (laughs) rented for their whole lives and they don't have anything to pass down to their children. Um, They just don't have that equity in any really. So maybe a car. No, they don't have a car either. No, because they don't have cars. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they have. A good life. Maybe they have museums, good museums. Anyway. No, but I mean, look, if you have the money and you're going to park your money in the bank, it's not really going to do you any good. If mm. if you decide you're going to leave a certain area, there are a lot of things you can do. Well, hopefully your house is appreciated by the time you're ready to sell it and you can make some money off of it. If it hasn't and it's gone down for whatever reason, the rents where they are in Los Angeles, you can keep it as an investment, uh, as a rental and move to wherever you need to move maybe hire a management company and still be making money off of that because the rents keep going up. That's one good idea. I mean, really, it's just because people don't want to throw their money away on rent, you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess that speaks to the investment part, but, like, I just... Yeah. I think that's why it's a good idea to buy. And remember, this is really important. Like, the market's going to go up and down. It always is. And people... I just remember people being so upset, like, oh, I bought at the top of the market in 2007. Well, guess what? 
those people that had to stay in that place and were just like, ugh, those people are like doing even better than what they paid for it in most circumstances, unless they really paid way too much. But like, it's, it's higher than what it was then, which means, you know, the market's cyclical, but it's always, you can't see my hands, but it's going up. In, in this, <laughs> it's cyclical in a going up thing. Yeah. <laughs> Graph yeah. thing. So just think about that. Um, and, and those are, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting point that, like, if you were, say, so we have kind of a three-year plan, and I, and I know that Vicky has a, a kind of a three-year plan as well. So, you know, you think about rent here is around 2000 a month kind of average, and then for this two-bedroom situation, and I I think that's, I mean, that's not average across the country. A lot of, a lot of the country, you can get a decent two-bedroom place for, like, a uh, thousand or right. even a nice um, one bedroom for like a thousand, maybe 1500 or something. And that's like, whoa, that's so expensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, if say, say it is a thousand dollars, that's $12,000. That's $24,000. That's $36,000 that you've given to a landlord that you could have put Been into making. a place. So, but how do you, the next thing is then, um, and I know I kind of struggled with this in Vegas because I, I wanted to buy a newish place. One, because I know my talents for, uh, fixing things up around the house. And I know that I will devolve into putting tin foil on the windows <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if it comes to that, right. just because I, and I was like, I need to, uh, be honest with myself about, about what you're capable, <laughs> what I'm capable what, of doing, or paying somebody okay, to do. Like what you're capable, yeah, what your bank account reflects <laughs> as far as because that can get really expensive, especially in an, in LA. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and so, um, and I and Jacob was also kind of like, yeah, I w- yeah, I got to be honest about my abilities to right. <laughs> fix things or understand right. how to fix things. Uh, yeah. Um. So, uh, how? And I guess they ha- they used to have shows on HGTV where they were like, yes, you know, you you put your, well, I guess they still t- kind of talk about like, oh, we, and Property Brothers will say, right. we put this much into the house. And this is how much it's worth now. Now this is, yeah, how much it's worth now. Or Love It or List It, I guess they kind of oh, do yeah, that Oh, yeah, I love too. doing that on Love It or List It. Yeah. So things like putting up window shades or fixing windows or, um, you know, how do you measure out... How do you figure out, like, what kind of things should be fixed? Because here's the other thing. Like, also, in regard especially to Las Vegas – or to here in L.A., um, we've been going around and looking at condos. And some places have super old kitchens. Yeah. And then some places we've been in, same price, have been completely gutted, have new flooring, new bathrooms, new kitchens, and same price. Sort of. So is it just that, or actually, maybe it seems like at the same price, but if you were to go into the condo next door, you'd be like, oh, they would probably have to only charge, you know, $100,000 less because they didn't do any of these things to it. Right. How do they just, how do those people justify gutting and putting all that? I mean, I assume well, that's some, like 60 or 70, maybe $80,000 yeah, to depending. gut a place. Well, depending, like some people can find people who can do it for cheaper, right? But yeah, I think... I think uh, the 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 prices do vary, but at the end of the day, what the offers are is what kind of like what if you look at the sales records, they're going to be sort of consistent. I, 
agents have a tough job because it's not an exact science. There are these like programs we can use and algorithms and you're taking these averages and you're, you know, adjusting things accordingly. But you're also dealing with emotional owners who get attached to their places, who don't understand. They get attached to their places because like, like you said, you went into some places where like the kitchen's old and there are people who are like, I just had this kitchen done in 1989. (laughs) And it's like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Like, looks great. Because, you know, agent, like, you're not trying to ruin a relationship too. You're trying to be honest. You're trying to, so you, you might not always get the seller to agree to either a lower price or to actually put the time and money into fixing it up to, to be those kinds of places that command that rent. Now, those ones that you walked into where it was all like fresh and nice and I promise you they're flying off the market. Like they're flying off the market. They're getting bid up because people love that, especially today's millennial buyer loves that. You know, they don't want to have to like walk in and and see an old kitchen and have to figure out how they're going to afford to do that on top of like, you know, securing a loan and getting, um, and getting, uh, like affording the HOA, especially in a condo situation. So I don't know. The prices are across the board. I, but you know, which ones you liked better, obviously. (laughs) So those are, yeah. Yeah. How do they get the prices? Right. Like all over the place. And how do you decide when you're in a place that or you walk into a place and go, well, I would probably need to change this and this and this. What's worth it? What's, what's not. worth it? Because if it is a quote, unquote, I mean, maybe you just have to kind of throw out the investment idea. It's, it doesn't seem like it's actually possible to do that, to throw out the investment idea. Either way you look at it, this is something that you're putting cash into. Right. Well, I mean, if you walk into a place and it's grossly overpriced and it's not redone, uh, one of two things is going to happen. It's going to sit on the market or they're, you know, at the price that they have at, nobody's going to want it. Um, and then the longer it sits on the mu- the market and accumulates those days, like less and less people will be interested because they'll be like, well, what's wrong with that place? Like there must be something really wrong with it, mm-hmm. which is a good opportunity to go in as a buyer and offer a lot less because you can justify like, hey, kitchens cost this, bathrooms cost this, this is how much money we'd have to put into it. Problem right now in LA, because again, the inventory is so low, is people are like, I don't care, full price, and I'll have this extra, I'll live with it for a while, and I'll fix it up later. Um, Because everybody's speculating that it is going to, like, you know, appreciate. Okay. It's tough, but it's tough. Like, I think every, you just have to take these properties on a case-by-case basis. But you, you know... I can just look at the pictures and know which ones are going to fly. Like now, like, <laughs> that one you were like, it's perfect. It checks all the boxes that we have an appointment for it. One, I'm like, okay, let me look at this. And I always love to look at like Redfin and see what like the consumers are doing with the a property. And it had hit like hot home, like oh. in, within a matter of like 24 hours. So oh my gosh. it's going to be one of those properties that gets bit up, but maybe not that much. And maybe once people start seeing it, well, you know, you never know. Yeah, the yeah. pictures are nice, but once you get inside, it's like, eh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, what are some uh, tips and tr- tips uh, or mistakes or things to avoid as a first-time homebuyer, and then for me as a second-time <laughs> homebuyer, like, what are some well, things that, uh, yeah, that you recommend or that you've seen happen maybe with some first-time homebuyers? With first-time homebuyers, listen to your lender. Um, find out also about closing costs because 
a lot of times first time home buyers don't know anything about it. And they're like, wait, 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 we have to come up with how much to close this deal. And they weren't planning on it at all. And then it's like the lender isn't upfront because they're just, they do this all the time. They're forgetting that like some people are first time buyers and they're like, well, of course there's closing costs, you know? So either have a good lender communicating with your first time buyers and, or as an agent, I like to be like, just remember you need like X amount of dollars set aside. And there are different programs where you can have less closing costs, but I always like to be safe because these lenders love to be like, yeah, no closing costs, we'll cover it, like to get your business. And then at the end of the day, there are closing costs. So, um, and that's over and above your the price of exactly the of, yeah. of the down payment right so you have to have you know i don't know for like a house that's like five hundred thousand dollars you're gonna want to like a lot for about 10 grand you know just to make sure that you have enough it could be end up because it's less. like five percent or six percent something like that yeah, yeah. and it's different okay. it's yeah and again like there are different programs where you can get less closing costs or more and some loans are more expensive and some are less expensive and just depends on your, what your credit is and all that good stuff. And then also, first time home buyers don't understand that, like, when you're going through that loan process, like, don't go out and buy anything fancy. Like, wait, if, if even if you're about to close, like, the next day, don't go out with your credit card and, like, oh, yeah. buy, like, brand new appliances for the, because it can, if, if you're like, you know, if the numbers are tight, like the bank can just like reject it. It's crazy. There's so many crazy little things, but if you have a good realtor, they should be guiding you through all that and a good lender, um, and making sure you don't do that. Let's see. Second time buyers. I mean, I would just say, um, for you in particular, or for anybody moving to the Los Angeles market, just to, just to get ready, just to be patient, um, and to, to have like, once you're ready to start writing things. And by the way, usually people get ready. Like when they walk into that place, they fall in love with, and then they're scrambling and then they don't get that one, but then they have the package of everything they need <laughs> together for the next one. And that's when people really get ready because people are always like, well, I don't know. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then they're like, we're ready today. <laughs> then you've got to get on the phone with the lender who hasn't drawn up an approval letter mm-hmm. yet or who, you know, so that's, that's one of the things you just have to be ready because these places are getting like within a matter of two days, like eight, 10, 12 offers if they're in hot neighborhoods. Um, and, and, you know, listen to your realtor. Like if, if your realtor is communicating with the listing agent and kind of knows where you guys are, you know, they're going to tell you what, what they think is a good offer to get you in the running to at least get you a counter offer. And then if the counter offers come back like ridiculous, you can always walk away, you know, but, um, yeah, just kind of staying open, being ready, um, and making yourself look really good on paper, which another great thing to do is to get like a complete, like, uh, underwriting process thing done, which your lender can go and do that. Like they can get you completely approved the, uh, <clears throat> with the underwriter so that you come in and you're like, you know, People just gives, it's more initiative. You can shorten your contingencies on like inspections. Nobody wants to be like held up in escrow if, if, um, if something's going to back out. So if you do a physical inspection early on, then you can find out if you want to be in it. So these are like little things you can do to make your offer stand out. So yeah, just making your offer stand out, but get a good realtor. I would say, (laughs) call me. (laughs) 
Yeah, so tell, give us your details so that we can all call you. Um, I am Teresa Ryan. I'm with Coldwell Banker Manhattan Beach. Uh, you can give me a ring at 310-402-4455, or you can email me at teresa.ryan at camovesmoves.com. Cool. That's me. Oh, and then your new show. Successful People. Ah, Successful People webseries.com coming out September 16th. It's going to be, that's going to be our, our screening. And then probably the following day, we're going to release to Amazon video. So. Whoa. I know. I know. Oh. Amazon. Yeah. We, so we, awesome. they carried us last time and we did it that way and we're doing it again. We're going to release it all um, at the same time on Amazon. So it should be ready to go and, and for your viewing pleasure on September 17th. And the first season is available on Amazon as well. I watched it, it on YouTube. Yeah, right? it's on YouTube. Yeah, okay. um, you can also watch it on Amazon as well. Uh, you can also watch it on Reverie.tv, uh, I believe. And Reverie is basically like a gay Netflix. So we deal with gay subject matter. Uh, my, my friend Artie is indeed gay. <laughs> um, and we, uh, we, um, we just, you know, we kind of, we realized our target market in, in first season. And so we gated up even more second season. <laughs> and there's a lot of fun stuff and like situation is a little crookier, a little storyline's great. So um, look forward, look forward to it, guys. It's hilarious. Oh, it is so much fun. Oh, thank you. And then I saw Artie on, uh, on Silicon Valley the other day. And yes. I was like, that guy's, oh my God, that's Artie. Yes. <laughs> Artie. Everybody's always like, I saw Artie. And I'm like, yeah. I love when people see Artie. He's all over the place. Artie's great. Woohoo! He's great. What's Artie's last name again? O'Daly. 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 I am DB him and Teresa Ryan. Thank you. And so there you go. Details, blah, blah, blah. Well, thank you so much. Of course. For thank you. doing this interview and telling us all about real estate. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Your hopefully, expertise. Hopefully I didn't put anybody to sleep no. or anything. <laughs> all right. Not at all. Buy a house for me so that I can do season three of Successful People. <laughs> <laughs> go to Teresa, people. Go to me. <laughs> All right, bye. Despite, Vicky, your protests that grilled cheese must be a melted cheese on bread and it must be put in a pan with butter, which, yes, I will, I grant you that is grilled cheese. I am going to do something in the melted cheese category, uh, which is very tasty and is something that I have often. And I have revealed in semi-public to a friend um, that these are uh, after... I don't know what you would call this. It's not after sex food, but it's sort of like, oh, we had sex. Uh, I'm going to make this food. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Aubrey and I used to have ice cream. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We had a specific kind of ice cream. We'd have other ice cream in the freezer, but only that ice cream after sex. (laughs) (laughs) So go on. Tell me about your your enchilada. Green. These are green chili uh, chicken enchiladas and they're also they're pretty much the only thing that i like chicken in because i'm not a big fan of chicken but i mean i will eat it i know it's like less calories than than red meat but um just not a big fan of of chicken but this is out of sunsets 20 20 sunset magazine they're 25 all-time favorite test kitchen recipes 
and it serves five. Um, it makes 10 enchiladas. They say it takes 50 minutes. It takes much longer. Um, and so as a result of it taking a while, we ended up, well, I say we, but Jacob um, ended up cutting out the making of the green chili part. Um, and then we can just buy it canned or like in a pouch and it's pretty mm-hmm. tasty. Um, so that, that cut out a lot of the time. So what he does is he, um, he seasons the chicken and then he goes out and he grills it. Um, and usually he'll actually grill some zucchini on the side. So we, we do have usually zucchini with, uh, this. And so this recipe says to peel stem and seed chilies and then finally chop them and then preheat the oven to 400. And then you heat the oil and butter in a frying pan and garlic, and then you put the chilies, salt, and pepper in the pan, and you cook that. But like I said, I just get that in a can. Can you make it sound sexier? Yes. Okay. Meanwhile, prepare the tortillas (laughs) in a small frying pan. (laughs) Bring remaining two and a half cup broths to a gentle simmer, working with (laughs) one at a time. Very briefly, dip tortillas into the broth and barely soften. Transfer each tortilla to a large baking sheet. You may need two or three sheets. Do not overlap. The tortillas will stick. Uh, wait a sec. <laughs> so are we laying them all the way flat on the on yes. the baking sheet? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then cheese. So they call for two cups of coarsely shredded white cheddar or Monterey Jack. I have to recommend the Monterey Jack. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you spread the cheese equally among the tortillas and top each of that, uh, each of the tortillas with shredded cooked chicken. So that's okay. after you've grilled the chicken, you then shred it. And then you wrap the tortilla around the filling which is the cheese and chicken and trans- so roll it up. Yeah. Transfer it seam side down to a baking dish. And then you snuggle all of the tortillas <laughs> up next to each other, have a little cuddle party with the enchiladas. And then you pour the chili cheese sauce or chili sauce over the top, leaving an inch or so bare at either end of the enchiladas. If you like them to be a bit crunchy, which I do. <laughs> and then top with the remaining three-quarter cup of cheese and bake until the cheese is bubbling about 15 to 20 minutes. And it is awesome. And then basically everybody gets two enchiladas. I think we should call this segment Read Recipes to Me. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, can you, just, can you just read a recipe to me? That would be great. <laughs> I still think enchiladas are not grilled cheese, but the cheese is melted. I have to give that to you. I have to give it to you. Okay. All right. I'll and take it. it. And it was, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it is now time for the credits. Thanks to Imaginary Closets, Elastic Furniture, and Private Mortgage Insurance. I mean, they're not actually our sponsors, but we think we like them? Question mark. <laughs> Thanks to Jacob and Aubrey for their support of our changeable dream. Thanks to our guest, 
Teresa for talking to us and talking some sense into me. Thanks to Scott Haskin for the music. Thanks to Cassie, our producer, for cracking that whip and all of the art of grilled cheese and gin. If you like this podcast, please leave a review on to iTunes and we will give you a great big consensual interweb hug. You can also email us your questions at grilledcheeseandgin at gmail.com. And follow us at our website, grilledcheeseandgin.com. Twitter at grilledcheesegin, spelled G-R-I-L-L-E-D-C-H-E-Z-G-I-N. Facebook and Pinterest are both Grilled Cheese and Gin. Instagram, Grilled Cheese and Gin, spelled G-R-I-L-L-E-D-C-H-E-Z-A-N-D-G-I-N. Also, each of us is starting up our individual podcast shortly. Keep an ear out for info about those. Join us next week when we talk about some other cool womaning thing with some other cool woman. This episode is brought to you by Imaginary Closets for keeping your stuff in or for dreaming of a better place or a better set of shoes and a bigger salary to buy you all the self-cleaning jewelry and smoking hot comfortable lady shirts and skirts you ever wanted where things appear exactly as you need them. Someone from Downton Abbey makes sure they are neat, wrinkle-free, fresh, clean, and lack hanging threads, and have all the buttons tightly attached. Basically, everything is ready when you want it to be, even though you didn't know you needed it. A closet that reads your mind. Imaginary closet. Imagine your favorite dress, and there it is. <laughs> Imagine your hair is done, and then it is. <laughs> now we're going to have to come up with jingles for all of our commercials from now on. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> Imagine new shoes. And they come right to you. <laughs> and there they are. <laughs> like, sorry, got got a little funky. Like Cinderella in your own imaginary closet. 